Psalms chapter 25, verses 12 through 14. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? Or where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Let us be that people. Now for today's subject. God said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything thereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. Man said, I am wise. I have no creator. I have achieved great wisdom. I am accomplished. I have discovered great science. Man created gods to qualm evolutionary fears. Look at the marvels of all of our inventions that we have produced without any input from God. Now the record. Skeptical men laugh at the concept of no new thing and point to this passage as just another proof of the fallibility of the Bible. A closer look will tell another story. Aviation is one contradiction to which they point. I assume the critics never considered the bird or the dragonfly or the honeybee, etc. Man learned flight by studying the bird, its wing design, its bone structure, its principles of lift, and attempted to copy its science. Those who marvel at the Harrier jump jet, truly a modern engineering wonder, should consider the hummingbird, which, by the way, makes new hummingbirds all the time without the engineering and construction skills of man. Does jet propulsion qualify as something new? Not quite. Consider the seagoing creatures such as the squid, jellyfish, etc., that propel themselves through water by the process of jet propulsion. Space travel, then, must be a new thing under the sun that would qualify as a contradiction of the Word of God. Unfortunately for the skeptics, the answer again is no. God's science of space travel, as you should expect, far exceeds the efforts of man, as the following passages will reveal. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as you have seen him go into heaven. And then First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them, prevent them, excuse me, which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And also Judges, chapter 13, verses 19 and 20. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord, 
And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass, when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar, and Manoah and his wife looked on it, and fell on their faces to the ground. How's that for space travel? A hot topic of scientific discussion is DNA and the genome. This isn't something new, but actually something very old that man is just beginning to understand. Still nothing new under the sun. Those who are enthralled with the new science of cloning need only to go back about 6,000 years and review the Genesis record of Adam's rib to see some similarities. Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. The computer industry is new to man, but certainly not new to God, who created the most marvelous computer of all, which is the brain between our ears, the most underdeveloped resource in the universe, without a modicum of exaggeration. On this website, in the God Said, Man Said, the record category, is a feature article titled, The Superhuman Brain, from which the following idea is found. Imagine, your brain weighs only three pounds. Yet a computer with the same number of bits would fill a building 100 stories tall that would cover the state of Texas. Whether or not that calculation is still accurate would require a review of the original data. But I do wonder whether anyone considered that between your ears, besides all the brain's other functions, dwells a pharmaceutical plant producing on an at-need basis medicines to sustain and heal the body. No new thing. The dental and the naval industry are awaiting with anticipation the development of a new product that would act as a glue or an anti-glue. This new bonding agent would work marvelously underwater or in wet areas such as the mouth and bones. As an anti-glue, this product could be applied to teeth to stop dental plaque buildup or to the hull of a ship to prevent biofowlers such as barnacles from becoming attached. In medicine, it could be an anti-glue that, when applied as a coating to heart stents, for instance, could keep the stents from clotting or becoming coated with residues. This new product under development is actually, as you should have guessed, not new at all, but an attempt to copy the humble sea-going creature called the muscle. The muscle with the glue it produces tethers itself underwater to an intertidal rock and resists forces up to 1,000 pounds per square inch. The research team studying the muscles believes they will develop a muscle glue-like product that will nearly equal the real thing. Again, no new thing. The military organization called DARPA, which stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, released $50 million in the spring of 2001 to various organizations to develop a legs-only exoskeleton for trials by 2003, and a whole-body exoskeleton by 2005. The following excerpt is from the article titled, Really Special Forces, in the February 2002 issue of Discover magazine. It reads, Wearing a device built to DARPA specs, a grunt without grunting could heft 400 pounds, including bigger weapons, bulletproof armor, better communications devices, and more food, and remain continuously active for at least four hours. Exoskeletons could be optimized for other combat tasks too, such as running much faster than ordinary humans, 
jumping over fences or picking up rubble during rescue efforts. Add a soup con of artificial intelligence and the suit could save its wearer if he is wounded. You could send a command to take this guy home, says Stephen Jacobson, CEO of Sarcos. Of course, this is not new. Simply consider the human body. This is obvious in the following quote from Jacobson concerning the challenge of developing the exoskeleton. Muscle is so darn good at this stuff. If you took all of the muscles off of a healthy adult male and put them in full contraction, they would lift 20 tons, and they run on carrots. They acknowledge that the secret to success is to find a way to duplicate the efficiency of muscle, of muscle tissue. Excuse me, God said, no new thing. Carver Mead, referred to as the most important practical scientist of the late 20th century by George Gilder, who is one of the foremost leaders of high technology, is about to turn the digital photographic industry on its ear. His brainchild begins with a sensor called the X3, which produces images as good or better than film, something the digital industry has failed to achieve. Some claim it will be the greatest advancement in imaging in nearly 70 years. Take a look on how this great innovation was discovered. The following excerpt is from an article written by science writer Eric Levine titled The Next Photography Revolution. In the 1980s, Meade turned his attention to an even more complex and ingenious kind of circuitry, the human nervous system. It is clearly the most successful computing system of all time, and it is an analog rather than a digital system. That part intrigued Meade the most. Instead of registering information in digital strings of ones and zeros, an analog, an analog system such as a retina or an ear measures a continuum of values. Digital systems in the technological world were quick and complex. Analog systems were slow and simple. Meade thought he could learn a lot by studying and attempting to model in silicon the natural masterpieces of human analog design. This was such a new field it had no name, so he gave it one. Neuromorphic electronics, and it grew into businesses. His study of the cochlea was instrumental in the founding of Sonic Innovations, a digital hearing aid company. Synaptics, which he founded in 1986, created the laptop touchpad. Fovion was spun off from Synaptics, a national semiconductor chip manufacturer, to pursue the ideal of a digital image sensor, sensor that would see in full color like the human eye. Meade's chief scientist, Dick Lyon, is a major player in this new technology. In the same article just quoted was found this telling statement. Lyon believed he could find a way to use the soft color separation in silicon advantageously. The reason he thought so, as he reminded the others, as he reminded the others, is that the eye itself does it that way. The color sensitivities of the cones in the retina are not sharply defined. On a graph, they would look like smooth overlapping curves. Nothing new under the sun. Man is not in the creation business. He attempts to copy that which God has already engineered and created, and God's works are wondrous to behold. Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, 
and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. Man said, I am wise. I have no creator. I have achieved great wisdom. I am accomplished. I have discovered great science. Man created gods to qualm evolutionary fears. Look at all the marvels of our inventions that we have produced without any input from God. Now you have the record.